With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, welcome to another edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew here. It's March, which means it is madness around the world of college athletics, especially college basketball, our favorite sport. Despite our love and passion for football, it is basketball, which keeps the engine revving. And we love March. So, Drew, how are you, my friend? And how are you feeling about March 2022? Not going to get mad about March yet because my bracket has not been busted yet. Now, talk to me on March 31st, and then I probably will call it truly March Madness as my brackets will probably be busted at that point in time. We have, uh, well, you, I have a little confidence, man. I, I haven't suffered a major bracket, uh, bracket bust since, uh, last I don't year. know. I've been, I, no, well, no, I don't think last, well, yeah, last year for some reason, you know, I didn't, uh, I, I, I jumped off of my usual anti Gonzaga stance and somehow I got roped into thinking that they could actually do it. And then they, uh, and then you know, nobody told me that Baylor was playing defense the way they were playing, and and that's unfortunately when you when your eyes are focused in one direction, you lose sight of what's going on on the other side. And I lost saw all sight of Baylor, but uh, it, it it was fun, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, as our little screen notifications as well. Hey, um, we've got a loaded show. This is our 2022 NAIA basketball tournament preview show. And, you know, last year we were fortunate enough to put together, uh, even during the pandemic, we were fortunate enough to do a preview show with uh, HBCU basketball teams going to the NAIA even the Division Two, and uh, did we cover the Division One guys going into? 
last year, Drew? Do you recall? Uh, we I think we talked with Texas Southern's coach, but we did not talk with him as far as a full preview show. Like we're doing. Like I know we, we talked to Robert Jones from Norfolk State as well. So yes. uh, no, actually we did because I, <laughs> I think we talked to AFC's coach. Uh, so we did we did hit the division yes. ones as well. So yeah, yes. I don't know if we got everybody, but we talked to at least uh, four, three. I don't think we talked to Reed last year from Jackson. No, State. we didn't. We, we didn't get a chance to talk to Coach Reed, so that's got to be on the priority list. But but we started off with the NEIA because the NEIA schools are going. Their tournament begins this week. And, uh, you know, last year it was a little they, – they they reduced from, what, 64 to 48 last year. Is that correct? Division two and NAIA did last year. Yeah, and obviously the year before that they didn't have one. Everybody's uh, 2020 spring to the was house. canceled due to the pandemic. Yeah. So this year the NAIA is back to a full 64 teams. And the good thing is with so many HBCUs spread across, I believe we're spread across four conferences now. Is that correct? Four or five. And and on the NAIA, we've got uh, GCAC. We've got the Red River, which take up a bulk of our HBCUs. We've got two in the Southern States. We've got one in the Sun Conference. We've yeah. got one in the Sooner Athletic Conference, and then we've got uh, a sprinkle yeah. of uh, uh, NAIA independents out there. Right. So primarily major leagues in uh, – so, yeah, within within five – said about four to five conferences easily. Well, this year we've got seven schools going dancing this week. Their seasons Eight. are extended. 18, 18 six schools. I Xavier said has two entries. Xavier I has said two 17. Was I wrong in that? 17. Yes, eight. We've got eight teams with six, eight schools, 18. six schools with eight in, eight entries. Two teams have Xavier and uh, Talladega have both their men and women going to the tournament. Right. So here's the rundown that we have. We've got eight coaches coming on the show today. Give us uh talk a little bit about what's up ahead for them with their upcoming opponent um, and, and, and a few thoughts on their season. Obviously we're not going to get into the, you know, we, we like to do long discussions sometimes with our coaches, but given the nature of how many we have, we, our time doesn't afford us that. So we appreciate all the coaches coming on um, coming up at the bottom or really at the 15 um to the, to the bottom of the first hour, we're going to talk to Eric Jackson of Rust. We're going to talk to Kevin Harrod of Talladega. And then we're going to talk to Bo Browder of Xavier. Then uh, we get into the men's side, and we have five teams representing men's programs. Uh, we've, we're going to start with uh, Chris Wright of Talladega, John Teasley of Stillman, uh, Alfred Williams of Xavier, Answer Elamine of Florida Memorial and uh, Charles uh, Billups of Tougaloo. And so I believe I hit all those those names correctly and their schools. So, yes, you're right. That's eight. Three women, <clears throat> three women, five men. What surprised you about the 
the seating and uh, some of the selections, Drew, for the men and women here in this NAIA tournament. Can I talk about the team who did not get in that surprised me? Sure. That would be Philander Smith. Uh, Philander Smith uh, with a very good uh, record on this uh, on this season. Philander Smith finished. Uh, give me just a second. I had to. I had the stats pulled up before you asked me about him. Philander Smith I finished twenty three and six. <laughs> I got to blame it on somebody. Philander <laughs> yeah, okay. Smith finished twenty three and six. Uh, when you count the GCAC tournament, they finished eight and two in the GCAC. Actually, won the GCAC regular season title. Had a very good arc, which is one which is one of the qualifiers that got two of our teams in uh, Xavier by having the highest arc in their conference, and despite not winning their conference tournament, and they were left outside the dance. So, Philander Smith is the one team that I wanted to talk about. You know, we talked about them last week with uh, Coach Eric Jackson. Uh, who's on the art committee, and he thought Philander Smith had a very good opportunity. But haven't we seen this story before, Brian, when it comes to the GCAC, where uh, a very good team in the GCAC gets left out? You know, Russ got left mm-hmm. out last year. Uh, we've seen Ever Waters got left out two years ago. So it, there's always one team, men or women's, that seems to to get left out in the GCAC conference. So uh, got three new entrants coming into the GCAC. Hopefully, maybe wishful thinking, maybe the GCAC can get themselves to ten, where they then become a two being conference. And we don't have this problem uh, again because the teams tend to get to the uh, championship game, but the GCAC gets that one in, doesn't get that two, uh, their second team in a lot of times. This year they did not get their second team in. And two of the powerhouses of the GCAC left them this year, being Talladega to the Southern States Conference and Xavier to the Red River Athletic Conference, who ironically got both their men's and women's programs in. So makes you wonder if all of them would have still been in the GCAC, would we have all of these entrants? It would have helped the conference RPI or uh, whatever metric they use. You know, what's sad for Philander Smith is obviously there's it's a five- team conference. I think I'm saying that right. Six. They, they, they have, had six because they allowed Ill Waters to participate in the tournament. So six participants. But they the didn't tournament. play them in the regular season. I was looking at their Correct. standings. They were seven and one. So that means you're playing four teams twice. So Correct. really for Philander, they benefited from having a smaller conference because they were able to go out and play tougher opponents. And by the way, uh, you and Coach Jackson, who we'll be talking to shortly, You guys had a great discussion about ARC, and, you know, I I thought, you know, know, we're not going to waste, and I say waste, but we're not going to waste the little time we have with him talking about why Philander Smith didn't get in because this opportunity is to talk about his team. But uh, maybe on the back channels, it'd be nice to have a conversation and find out 
what was playing against Philander Smith because you would think having uh, they went seven and one in the regular season, they lose in the championship game to Rust. What was it that kept them out, or who was it that got in outside of um, Philander Smith? You know, so yeah. that, that that's one thing to look at. Uh, real quickly, Drew, I want to make mention of this: Lakeland, Florida, at Southeastern University, is the hot spot for. Uh, the HBCU for four different teams, two men and two women uh, on the brackets um, on the men's side playing in Lakeland, Florida. You've got uh, Tougaloo playing in uh, Xavier, or excuse me, in Lakeland. And then you have Xavier men playing in Lakeland as well against uh, the host Southeastern University. And then on the women's side, You've got uh, Xavier women playing at Lakeland and Rust women playing at Lakeland. Uh, Xavier women, the 16 seed going up against the overall number one team in Southeastern University. So, you know, Drew was telling me I I have to somehow find a way to to Xavier. I don't know. They start these games at odd times and and March 11th is the middle of the week. So uh, I think it's Thursday. So I don't don't know how I'm going to make it there, but... uh, I'm hopeful. March 11th is Friday, Brian. Wait a minute. Is it? Yes. Oh, I got a half day on Friday. I take might you, be able to. Okay. Your, take your half yeah, day. You told me something. Since I can't go to the SWAC tournament, I may have to go to Lakeland to watch. And uh, we'll talk more about where everybody is seated. Uh, I, I will, Well, yeah, I got. we're overdue. So let's take a break. And when we come back out of the break, we'll get into our first set of discussions with Eric Jackson of Rust, uh, Kevin Harrod of Talladega, and Bo Browder of Xavier. Coming up after this break, you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best Black College baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for Black Baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. (laughs) Never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. Every time I open one of these bottles, I hear trumpets and big band music. The Creole seasoning is a sodium-free and sugar-free blend that's versatile enough to put on anything. One of the first blends I developed more than eight years ago, the Creole seasoning has an unmistakable aroma, a bold flavor, and a little heat for character. Thank you guys for what you do 
for HBCU athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for 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 all of us. This is our ESPN, so we we we, we love what you guys do, Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you got you guys do for us. Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Coming up very shortly, our conversation, our first of three conversations and uh, that we're going to have first up with Eric Jackson of Rust College. Uh, the Rust Lady Bearcats are the nine seed in the Naismith Quadrant uh, opening round matchup against Cumberland's Kentucky, uh, who, is the, who is the eight seed. Um, thoughts on <clears throat> as, as we can uh, so as you look at the quadrant up in the top or left uh, upper left corner there uh, you've got the second seed down the second bracket down um, you know very tight window there you've got Rust taking on Cumberland what do we know about Cumberland the Cumberlands in Kentucky, Drew. What do you have on them? Uh, give me just a sec, because I actually have pulled up Southeastern, who is Xavier's opponent. Cumberland comes into this uh, with a 13 and 16 record. Eight and thirteen in the conference, but they come in. Obviously, they won their conference tournament. So, uh, wait a minute. Sorry, I, I've got the wrong. I've got the wrong team here. Talk. Let's talk about Russ for a second, uh, Brian. Okay, <laughs> we're talking about Russ. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> the Lady Bearcats uh, had an outstanding season this past. Um, this this past year, um, going uh, twenty five and three, uh, three losses this season, um, coming to uh, Central, uh, actually losing to Mississippi Valley State uh, back in November, losing to Central Methodist. Um, well, actually, let me take that back because some of those don't count. I guess those are exhibition games. Uh, they lost to Lion uh, back on November 20th. They lost to Central Methodist. Uh, they lost to Union University. Uh, now, Philander Smith. They did lose to Philander Smith by five back in February. They avenged that loss with a 70-48 victory in the uh, GCAC tournament. Um, that loss to Philander was like the last game of the season. Uh, Rust had winning streaks of 10 and 12, 10 games and 12 games throughout the course of the season. Um, so this this is a team that among 
the NAIA schools, you know, we, we talked about this with uh, Coach Jackson a little earlier in the year. They have one of the uh, highest, uh, or I should say fewest, points allowed in all of NAIA, NAIA basketball, uh, averaging just, uh, giving up just about 50-something points a game. So uh, Russ is a very stingy ball club. Russ is one of those teams that, They've got the – it's interesting because in the bracket that they're in, their quadrant is what it's called, um, you know, potentially running up against a Southeastern, which is the number one team in the country. Uh, that could be a pretty interesting future matchup. And, and, of course, should Xavier, who's the opposite side of that quadrant as the 16 seed, pull off the upset over Southeastern – would set up for a good old-fashioned GCAC uh, matchup between Xavier and Rust. So two foes who are very familiar with each other, uh, Xavier just moving over to the Red River this season. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts, uh, Drew? I, I would anticipate Rust advancing to the to the second game. And then it's just a matter of, you know, are they playing Southeastern on their home court? Or do they go up against the, uh, you know, the old the old foe in Xavier? Well, you you all know who we are rooting for. We're rooting for a GCAC reunion party for, uh, for Russ. Looking at uh, the Cumberlands, uh, this is their second consecutive 20-win season as they went 20-12 and 12 overall, 13-9 and nine in the Mid-South uh, Conference. Uh, Cumberlands had three all-conference selections, Cassie Bunday, Destiny Hallworth, and Abby Douglas. And give me a second, Coach uh, Jackson is texting me uh, uh, as as I'm talking. But uh, Monday is averaging 15.7 points and 4.1 assists per game. Hallworth and Douglas uh, both up over 12 points a game. Cumberland ranks fourth in the NAIA, shooting almost 37% from behind the three-point arc. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, uh, obviously we are rooting for a HBCU matchup in the second round there in, in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, just a little familiarity, if you're not familiar with uh, with uh, Russ College, um, they uh, it's a team that's really, you know, averaging 69.8 a game. I, I said they're they're giving up just under fifty at forty nine point four. They're led by uh, Shay Johnson, senior guard, eleven points a game. Um, they, they're really spread out. There's nobody that's averaging. You know, they only have Johnson averaging uh, eleven a game, uh, but uh, you know they get quality minutes from at least about. Uh, eight to 10 players and in the point production, you've got, you know, Jasmine Coleman, another senior averaging nine points a game, Katie Blackman, junior center averaging 8.8 a game, Uh, Jade Lewis, a senior forward 
averaging seven. So there's there's a lot going on there in, in terms of their point production, where everybody you know, almost eight to ten players are are playing and getting minutes. Uh, those minutes can range from twenty six and a half all the way down to about eleven, and and so that's that's their production, and they just spread it out, making to continue to try to attack, and so it, it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, here's a rush team that we thought was going to have an opportunity a year ago. And they're here. So we got very quickly, we've got Coach Jackson joining us. Uh, Coach, thanks for joining us. We don't have much time, uh, obviously, with, with tight windows. How are you doing? Congratulations on winning the GCAC. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having me on. I apologize for my tardiness there. It's all good. Uh, Coach, quickly, what do you know? Uh, what have you seen? about Cumberland's, um, you know, without giving too much of your game plan, what what impresses you about them or, or what are kind of things that you're, that you're looking uh, for as you watch film? Um, man, they are a scrappy, scrappy team. Um, they can shoot it well, um, well-coached team. They play in a really, really tough league. Um, and so one of the things that's really, really important that I try to convey to my girls is that um, with them playing in a tough league, I think their their league may have gotten eight, maybe eight teams into the conference tournament. I mean, the national You're tournament. You're correct, coach. So they've seen uh, top notch competition. I want to say two of their teams are in the top five in the country. So they're getting wow. exposure to what it feels like to play national championship level teams um, almost every night in conference play. Um, so that means they've been down twenty before. They've been up two or three. They've been in a uh, nip and tuck game where it's going back and forth all the time. And all that equates to that they are not going to give up. Because um, through all of that they played, they won 20 games. Um, so through all of that, they're not going to give up. So that means we got to come in focus, ready to go, um, ready to play Bearcat style basketball, and then let the chips fall where they may. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, well, Coach, your team's also uh, pretty battle tested. There, uh, also, you know, you obviously you faced a couple of uh, Division One opponents. Uh, you 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 played a Steelman who who played against some of the uh, top uh, some of the top teams in the uh, nation there in Loyola and Faulkner and everything. You had a tough Philander Smith that's in that's in your conference who was on the outside looking in, unfortunately. But uh, we're not we're not even going to uh, we don't have enough time to get into that discussion today. So, so what you've already talked a little bit about the, the mentality of your girls. You, uh, you got to go in. You got to fight. You got to scrap. What are some of the intangibles that it's going to take for you to beat this team? Um, Just simply just playing for 40 minutes, you know, playing for 40 minutes. Um. They are a very, very good three-point shooting team. Um, so that's two. That's a two-way street. One, um, we got to make sure that we close out on those shooters and make it tough for them to make threes. Um, and then two, we got to make sure that just because if, if that gets to a point where we get a two-possession lead, where we get up eight, seven, somewhere like that, understand that it's gonna they're going to come back from that faster than a normal team would. So that means that we got to make sure that when we're up that much, we got to take quality shots still and not waste possessions, taking ill-advised shots or quick shots. Um, 
you know, and so that's one of the things that we want to make sure that we, if we do that, I think we'll, we should be okay. Now, now coach, before I turn it back over to Brian, when you have a team that shoots the three like this, like this team shoots the three, sometimes you find yourself playing outside of your character and want to get into a three point contest with, with the other team. How do you as a coach avoid your girls just because she hit that, hit that three, it's fine for us to go down here and get this two on this, on this layup. How do you avoid trying to go three for three that you miss and they come back, they've hit three in a row, and you've missed four in a row? Um, well, to be honest, I'm just going to lean on their um, – on our experience and on our senior leadership, especially with uh, with Shay, um, just making sure that she understands that before the game starts, you know, so um, practicing, having those discussions, watching film, not falling for that trap, and just understanding who we are. You know, we, we're not a, a, a superb three-point shooting team. Um, you know, our, our bread is butter is get is points in the paint um, and most of all defense, of course. You know, so we don't want to get out of character. we got to understand what got us there and continue to do those things and not necessarily, like you said, get out of character uh, just because someone hits a three or two. Mm-hmm. Coach, what's the, what's the game when you look back on your schedule? Uh, 20, let me make sure I said it right. 20, 20, 25 and three. Uh, so when you look at the course of 28 games, what are some of the games that you can maybe look back on and say that opponent, that game really got us prepared for this opportunity that's in front of us? Um, well, that's, that's a pretty easy one. It's, it's Central Methodist and, um, and Lion College for sure. And both of those teams are both in the national tournament. And that's the reason. Uh, while we scheduled those games is because we knew that those two teams are um, normally in the tournament and they give us that tournament style of feel. Um, but even those two teams, they're kind of different. Um, you know, Central Methodist has big time talent um, across the board uh, from big time transfers from West Virginia and Kansas State. Um, and then Lion um, is kind of more of that uh, kind of like a Cumberland like team, but they, they can really shoot it well. Um, really good guard play, um, and, they, and they can shoot at one through five. And so it's kind of a different feel. And so we got a chance to see both of those teams, and we played uh, – we split with Lion, obviously, but then we played Central Methodist down to the wire, um, which shows that we can play with those guys, you know. And I think that just the confidence, being able to pull from that game alone and say, hey, we were a possession away, and we were missing a starter and another key piece um, in both of those games. And so – when being able to be close like that, I think it's something that you can pull confidence from going into this um, this postseason. And and defensively, we've talked about how you've been uh, one of the top, if not the top, team in terms of defensive points allowed. Um, does that help you sleep a little better going into this tournament? I mean, does the team completely? Uh, feel confident in their ability from the defensive side to say whoever we go up against, we feel like they're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna have to deal with us guarding them. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, just kind of what you were speaking about about our depth, um, and and the reason we're allowed to play that deep is because we have, you know, ten, eleven, you know, even sometimes on some nights twelve young ladies who know what they're doing defensively. You know, and that's something that's really, really big for us. Um, knowing, understanding the schemes, understanding the terminology, um, understanding the scouting report, you know, and that is something that we really, really lean on because we talk about what about those days when 
your shots are not falling, what's going to hold you? You know, are you going to be able to win those games that are in the 40s or the low 50s? Or, you know, one time we played Lamorne on cause and I think the final score is 36 to 37 for crying out loud. If you don't play defense and you don't hang your hat on that, um, sometimes you'll find yourself in a, in a game where you don't win that game and then you're coming back and saying, why you lost? Oh, we just didn't make shots. Well, you know, you got to make sure that you hang your hat on that defensive end and you're able to win those close games as well. So, But the flip side of that is if we do make shots and we keep that same defensive intensity, um, that makes us a team that's um, pretty tough to beat most nights. Mm-hmm. All right, Drew, you got you got the close with Coach. Uh, just just so uh, any any fans who want to follow uh, you guys down there, any HB, HBCU fans in the state of Florida, when when you guys going to arrive uh, down there in uh, in the state? Um, well, we're getting on the plane Tuesday morning, so we should be there about Tuesday afternoon, um, flying into Tampa. We're staying in Tampa, um, and then we'll be there, you know, all the way up until the 13th, you know. We'll be there to the 13th, and um, we'll just be there just enjoying the sun, enjoying the weather, um, but also ready to take care of business as well. Can't, can't, let, can't let you get out of here without asking you this. How sweet would it be? If you and Xavier would play in the second round, I know we—you know—you're not looking ahead, but you, it, it, it has to be on, on, on that. Let's win so we can play Xavier. <laughs> oh man, no doubt about it. I mean, Bo's one of my mentors. Um, I talk to him all the time. Um, he gives me a bunch of insight, man, and a bunch of good advice. Um, anybody that's been doing as long as he has, you know, um, definitely has some good things that that you can pick from. And uh, but it'll it'll be great, man. It'll be great. I'll, I'll love to play him. Um, you know, it's always a, a formidable opponent for sure. And, um, you know, and, who, and we're playing in Florida. So, hey, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> <laughs> Take us home, Brian. Yeah, we got good weather down here, Coach. So, uh, you, you're going you're gonna to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy the weather, uh, no doubt. Um, so, uh, Russ, taking on Cumberlands of Kentucky. That is the first game in the Lakeland, Florida quadrant. Uh, which is part of the Naismith quad. That is game number one, uh, 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can follow, uh, you can get live stats, box scores, NAIA.org. Uh, that'll take you there. And uh, they might even be showing live streaming of the game, but you'll have to kind of watch and see. Pay. But uh, one of, You got to pay for the tournament. You're, Okay, so you got to pay for it's pay-per-view. Okay. Yeah. Well, the live stats are there and uh, opportunities uh, are, are there for anyone who wants to go pay-per-view and uh, watch the uh, Lady Bearcats. So uh, the winner of that game will take on the winner of the 1 versus 16 seed between Southeastern and Xavier. Coach Jackson, we appreciate you taking time tonight. Good luck to you and the Bearcats. Safe travels down here to Florida, all right? Maybe I'll get all a right, chance to you. see you, hopefully. All no right. doubt, no doubt. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate you. Appreciate yes, you, sir. Coach. All right. So we appreciate Coach Jackson. Uh, pretty soon we'll have Coach Kevin Harrod of Talladega, Bo Browder of Xavier. Let's jump over to what that Tal- what Talladega's women are looking at. Now, Talladega's women, uh, Drew, they are the 12 seed in the what's called the Liston Quadrant. 
Um, so that, and those quadrants of NAIAs are basically your regionals, your north, south, east, west. Those of you who might be familiar with the NCAA style, these quadrants are named after, obviously, uh, legends, basketball coaches are legends. Um, so the listing quadrant, you know, might be your, I, I don't even know what to call it, uh, because you've got teams from all over. And so, but anyway, uh, the quadrant of four consists of Talladega taking on, they're the 12 seed, taking on the five seed Providence of Montana. And, you know, hey, Drew, this tournament, if it's like the NCAA tournament, the 5-12s are always dangerous matchups, are they not? <laughs> yes, you're always, sir. You're always looking for an upset, and then you always go to the 5-12 matchup. So uh, Providence from out of Montana, they are, they, they're they going to have to have their head on a swivel and uh, and be ready for um, uh, for for Talladega. That game is going to be in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, the host school is LSU Alexandria. And on the other side of that quad, you have uh, Central Methodist, the four seed, taking on the 13 seed, Freed Hardeman. Uh, they're out of Tennessee. So that's what that looks like. Thoughts on Talladega getting the at-large. Obviously, they lost in the championship game of the Red River um, to uh, Loyola. Uh, your thoughts on Talladega, Drew? Well, I'll start off with uh, talk about this Providence team. They are okay. one of four teams from the Frontier Conference to receive uh, receive a bid. Uh, Rocky Mountain out of the Frontier Conference is a number two. Carroll College is a number three. Montana Western is a number eight seed in their respective uh, in their respective regions. So uh, that's a summary on them. And looking at their record, they finished twenty five and six, twelve and three in in the conference, and they. They lost in the semifinals to Carroll College. They lost 61-53 in the semifinals. And most of the teams as going up and down their schedule were in that Montana Dakotas region that they uh that they played this year. Uh statistically hey, um, speaking, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, I thought you were done. Go ahead. Yeah. Statistically speaking, le- leading scorer is number three, Emily Ma- Maldonado. Yes, I think I got that right. Emily Maldonado, who's averaging 17 and a half points per game. Parker Essary, who's averaging 15 and, 15 and a half points a game. Brooklyn Horn at 11.2. And Reed Hazard at 10.7 points per game. Uh, the leading three-pointer is Emily Maldonado. She is shooting at a 40, almost a 43% clip on the season out of 184 three-point attempts. Brooklyn Horn is shooting right at 40% out of 149 attempts. And... uh. 
Reed Hazard is shooting 33% out of 132 attempts. So they, they've got three people shooting a bulk of their trays on, on the season. It looks like they've got one young lady, uh, Kirsten Pimpleton, who's also shooting at a, above a 30% clip from the three-point line. So it looks like uh, Talladega's facing a team that likes to jack up a lot of threes, just looking at the scouting, at the at the statistics there, Brian. And I, I misspoke earlier. Uh, Talladega actually part of the Southern States uh, Conference, and I'm, I'm still trying to get that right between who's in the Red River and who's in the Southern States because all these schools used to be in the GCAC. But anyway, um, so yeah, they, they lost in the championship game of the Southern States to Loyola University and uh, lost that contest by a score of 73 to 50. It was the uh, the rubber match. Uh, no, check that. They had lost to Loyola twice previously, uh, 98 to 77 and 81 to 77. So, um, but still, Talladega. There's one of those teams that they were hovering around, especially at the beginning of the year, Drew, where, you know, they were one of the top teams in uh, in our in our top five rankings, especially when we went into January to start the year. Uh, had a bit of a had a bit of a tough stretch. The one thing about Talladega, you know, they have been battle tested. Uh, they played a very good schedule. Uh, they faced uh, a pair of top 20 teams earlier in the year. Uh, they went to Southeastern. University to take on uh, Southeastern University and Bryan College. Southeastern, of course, number one team in the country. Bryan College at the time was 20th. Um, So they had a taste of playing both of those teams. Then they had to play Loyola. So they, this Talladega team has been really tested. And, you know, you look at their record at 20 and 11, 10 and 7 in the conference. And, you know, I don't, you know, you look at that and say, well, getting to the championship helped them definitely. And uh, I, again, uh, this is a team that's very capable of being that 12 seat upset. So it'll be interesting to kind of watch and see what Talladega does. I, I think what also be interesting is there might be a little, uh, a little envy. I mean, obviously coach Harad is happy to be in the tournament, but uh you know, he's also the athletic director and sort of, you know, he has to rely on his athletic staff who's hosting for the men uh, because the men are actually at home hosting. So, you know, uh, but, but I'm sure he'll he'll gladly uh, travel to Alexandria, Louisiana, and uh, look to see if they can get a pair of wins um, this upcoming week as a 12 seed. And... Uh, then uh, Drew will kind of jump over to talk about Xavier while we're waiting to see if we get either uh, Coach Harrod or Coach Browder to jump in at, jump in at their scheduled time. Uh, Xavier is the 16th seed in Lakeland, playing up against Southeastern Louisiana, Southeastern University. Uh, they're the number one seed, number one team overall. Um, you know, Xavier had a 15 game winning streak before they lost in the Red River. Now that's who's in the Red River, Xavier. Xavier's in the Red River. So you got that one right. (laughs) I got that one right. (laughs) Xavier's in on a 15 game winning streak prior to losing to, uh, I believe it was LSU Shreveport. One of them. 
One of them is Shreveport, Alexandria. Flip a coin, you get you get it right fifty percent of the time. Uh, yeah, well, right. So yeah, they lost in the semis, but uh, still earned their way into the uh, into the tournament. And the resume for uh, for Coach Browder uh, speaks for itself. Uh, you already heard uh, a mentor to so many coaches. Uh, obviously, you heard Coach Jackson is one of them, and I'm sure there's be others. But um, uh, he had his 500th win. Now, I I believe he got his 500th win in the NAIA tournament last, well, I guess it would have been last year, last last spring, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is the 17th time that uh, one of his teams has qualified for the Division One National Championship Tournament, um, let's see. I think if I, if I look in terms of streaks in a row, we'd say this is the third consecutive season. Uh, obviously, not counting the 2019-2020 season, so this will be the third consecutive year that uh, one of his teams has made it. Um, of course, they got the win last year, and. Uh, you know, uh, Drew, hey, you like to say anything's possible, right? Anything's possible. And, um, you know, you're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to say that he can't do it. It's a tall task and they know that, but uh, they just got to go in and play. What are your thoughts on Xavier? And, uh, or maybe if you've done the breakdown, what's the breakdown on what Southeastern look like? Southeastern, number one ranked team in the NAIA top 25 poll. They come in 29 and 1, sweeping through the Sun Conference regular season and the Sun Conference tournament. Uh, Brian, if we keep in track, that is six times in seven years. Uh, And by the way, for those who are wanting to root on not only these two HBCUs, but the, uh, the two men HBCUs that will be playing in. Lakeland, it the games will take place in the furnace, as they're calling it, uh, at the Tyson Events Center. Oh, excuse me, that's uh, that's the winner six week 16 going to the Tyson Events Center in Sioux City, Iowa. But the games will take place at the in the furnace at Southeastern University. Uh, statistically speaking, for Southeastern, I mean. I don't even know where to begin with this one, Brian. <laughs> the short abridged version is they score a lot of points. They score a lot of They've got three people averaging uh, double digits. Uh, Angela Perry, 18-1. Leah v- Vigil, 12-4. Marta Aranata at 11 points per game. Uh, they've got one, two, three, four four, five, six, six players shooting over uh, 30, 35% from the three-point line. Uh, five of those six players have uh, have 100 attempts or more on the season. So let's, you know, they are not a team that's afraid to jack up the, th- the threes. They are scoring eight, 84-7 a game and give it up 55 Four per 
game. And for a team like Xavier, who is a defensive team, they will have to have an offensive explosion in addition to their normal defensive game and try to keep this t- this game somewhere in the 60s in order to compete is, is what Xavier will need to do. Did, did you make mention of their record? Which one, the 29 and one? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. Um, number okay. one in the nation. I, I, yeah, I, I heard you say number one in the nation and then everything else was a blur. Uh, yeah, they, they are, uh, I'm trying to look real quick and see how far they went last year. Last year, they were 26 and three. Um, they lost in the, uh, they actually played Xavier last year and they beat them 70 to 47, um, in the opening round. Uh, they lost in the, uh, national championship 70 to 63, um, I don't know if that's the championship game or not. Uh, as I take a look here, um, no, that was in the round of 16. So that was in the round of 16 that they lost last year. So uh, here, here's a team that that's real hungry, and uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough out. But uh, experience is on the side of Xavier for 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 uh, for nothing else. All right, let's take a break. Come back and let's see if we've got some uh, some of the men's coaches lined up and ready to talk with us. We'll be back on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and Aiden here. Um, want to uh, thank you guys for watching us out on YouTube yes. and Facebook. Uh, shout out to Tamara T, Mary Theo Five, 
for joining in and watching us. Uh, this is our 2022 NAIA tournament preview. Uh, just went through the three women's teams that are in the NAIA tournament. That is the Russ Lady Bearcats, who are a nine seed. Uh, Talladega College Tornadoes, uh, coached by Kevin Harrod. Uh, they are a 12 seed. And then uh, Xavier, uh, Xavier is uh, Xavier University, coached by Bo Browder. They are, uh, that's the Xavier Gold Nuggets. They are a 16 seed going up against the number one overall seed, number one team in the country. Um, and, and like we said, they, they've actually played this team before. Played them last year in the tournament, so and 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 it was at their place as well. So there's a little familiarity. So that's the one thing working on the side of of Xavier. Um, Want to get into our top five rankings for NAIA since we were talking about uh, the NAIA rankings, and so we'll. Get ready to pull those up. If uh, my producer has those ready, we'll I'll go through the rundown here of our top five teams. Now, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily final because, nope, we're going to go through the NEIA. Can we start with the NEIA? There we go. The NEIA women. Uh, so the final regular season rankings uh, from one to five, obviously Rust Lady Bearcats finished number one. Uh, Talladega Tornadoes come in at number two. Philander Smith, the uh, GCAC tournament runner-up, co-regular season champs, number three, uh, 23 and six. They are not in the tournament, which is sort of uh, among the top four teams there in our power ratings. Uh, a little disappointing that they weren't able to to get into the uh, NAIA tournament. Uh, Xavier comes in at number four. Uh, they are in the tournament, representing Red River. And then Florida Memorial came in at number five with uh, a record of 15 and 11. Now, will this stay the same? Will this be the final rankings? It, it's possible. Um, you know, we will do another ranking after the playoffs, after the NEIA tournament is concluded. So what could happen, you know, if Talladega makes a run that is deeper than Rust, uh, there could be an opportunity for Rust to take over and become our end of the season number one team. But yeah. uh, if both teams were to lose out about the same time, you know, it'll, it'll probably stay as you see it. Am I, am I right on that, Drew? Yeah. Talladega would, Russ would probably have to lose in the first round and Talladega would probably have to make it deep into Kansas city, probably somewhere near the semifinals uh, in Kansas city. Xavier, uh, Xavier will probably jump uh, Philander just based on strength of schedule and the extra game that they've played 
at the uh, end of the uh, at the end of the season because Philander is locked, Philander is done. Xavier has an opportunity still to improve their resume and to uh, improve the their numbers in the computer. So we've only got three of those five teams that are in contention right now to be able to move. So it is what it is. Flo- uh, Florida Memorial will finish. We'll finish five. We know that. Philander. We'll finish no higher than three, probably four. And the other three will move out. Uh, Xavier could catch Talladega for second also, Brian. So keep, let's keep that in mind. Right, right. Okay, um, coming up here shortly, we're going to have interviews with the host of Men's Coachings, Chris Wright from Talladega, John Teasley from Stillman, Alfred Williams of Xavier, Answer Alameen from Florida Memorial, Charles Billups, from Tougaloo. That's uh, who we've got planned to come up here in the second hour. Uh, let's go through the bracket here of what we have. Uh-oh. Okay. My, my, I had my sheet all pulled up. Again, it's a 64-team field this year. So the NAIA bracket, very similar to the NCAA bracket. So if we can put up the – we've got the NAIA bracket based in four quadrants. We have the Naismith quadrant the Kramer quadrant, the Dewar quadrant, and the Liston quadrant. Each quadrant is similar to the, uh, what, east, west, no, east, south, west, and midwest regions that you are familiar with from the NCAA tournament. So for those who are trying to parallel the NAIA tournament to the NCAA tournament, that's what you got. So the dip, the difference is uh, the open round sites are not geogra- as geographic as they are with the NCAA's uh, sites. Yes, these uh, these places do have to bid on these sites uh, to host these tournaments. And obviously, if the host team makes the tournament, they will be playing in their own facility. Uh, but uh and you take a team like uh, Southeastern who bid for both a men's and a women's tournament, which is why their men are playing at home and their women are playing at home where Talladega only uh, was able to land one tournament, which is why their men are at home and the women have to play on the road. And another thing I'll add to that is when they get to the quote unquote sweet 16, as we're like to, as we like to call it, that's actually all at one location. So the top 16 teams all go to Kansas City, Missouri, in the case of the men and the women, Sioux City, Iowa. Yes. That's where the uh, the the round of 16 is played. And they basically, you know, they have games that will take place, uh, you know, over the course of uh, about five, five, uh, five to six days from the round of 16 to the quarterfinals to the semis to the actual championship game. Uh, The men's championship broadcast on ESPN three on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, March 22nd at 7 PM. The women's will be on March 22nd, uh, Tuesday, 7 PM as well. Are they the same day? How's that going to work? Same day and time. And same network. So I guess, well, I mean, obviously there's two different sites. So 
you know, obviously ESPN three is nothing but ESPN plus. So that's all that is. Uh, our, our producer wants us to take a break. And so we'll do that. And coming up, I believe our first coach will join us. That's Chris Wright of Talladega. So let's step away for a short minute to reset a few things and uh, come back on the other side with Chris Wright from Talladega. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate pride. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. Every time I open one of these bottles, I hear trumpets and big band music. The Creole seasoning is a sodium-free and sugar-free blend that's versatile enough to put on anything. One of the first blends I developed more than eight years ago, the Creole seasoning has an unmistakable aroma, a bold flavor, and a little heat for character. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here, top of the second hour. Want to thank you for watching us on YouTube and Facebook, wherever you're watching our show. Uh, hopefully you hit that like button. Hopefully you subscribed already to our YouTube and Facebook pages. And, uh, you know, we're giving you a, uh, you know, tell us somebody else who's doing a breakdown of the NAIA tournament. We've got seven HBCUs. Uh, or eight, HBCU eight. teams, eight, eight. Why do I keep saying seven? Eight <laughs> HBCU teams representing five schools. I got, do I have that part right? Six. 
doggone it, six schools. All right, hell, the hell, I'm, I'm whatever. Let me just get something right. Anyway, <laughs> let me get <laughs> look. So, uh, we've got five men's schools, uh, Talladega College, Stillman, uh, College, Xavier University, Florida Memorial University, and Tougaloo College. You got that uh, one let's right. first talk. Yeah, I got that right. I got that written down. That's why. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Talladega. Talladega College. Um, they finished the regular seat or finished uh, the final poll, regular season poll. I believe ranked uh, eighth, if I saw that correctly. Uh, might even be sixth, but they're in the top ten nationally. Uh, they got as high as I think two or three during the course of the year. They finished the regular season twenty-seven and five. Uh, unfortunately, they 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 were unable to uh, to defeat their nemesis in the Red River Loyola uh, University, who uh, bested them not only during the regular season a couple times, but also in the championship game of um, the they Sooner States. Uh huh. They finished number six. Finished okay, and- six. I thought it, I thought I saw six. I wasn't sure. Uh, all that, all that said, uh, they are actually hosting uh, opening round as a two seed in the uh, which quadrant in the Dewar D U E R quadrant. Which again, for those who may have missed us, the quadrants in the NAIA are similar to your four regions of the NCAA, and so in their quad, they are actually taking on the 15 seed. Washington Adventist from Maryland. Um, now that game has been set uh, scheduled for a 3 p.m. game on Friday, March 11th, and I think the game had originally been uh, uh, scheduled to play later. But you know, uh, Washington Adventist has uh, uh, religious uh, ties, and so that their school observes the Sabbath of sundown, uh, no activities from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And so, uh, you know, they, they agreed to move, uh, they agreed to move that contest. And so that was, uh, that was a, a nice thing to see done. And then after that game, they'll have the, they'll host the seven seed Cumberland university from out of Tennessee and then uh, number 10 seed, West Virginia University Tech out of West Virginia. So um, that's uh, that's who we uh, that's who we've got set up. So uh, one of our coaches is already in. It looks like that's Coach John Teasley of Stillman College. Coach Teasley, how you doing, sir? Congratulations. On your back in the show, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm good, good. How are y'all? Doing, doing great, well. Coach. Doing great. We're doing you well. Me good this time. Well, yes, sir. We got you. <laughs> yes, great, great. <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations! You guys got into the tournament at large bid this year. Um, talk a little bit about the, uh, the the excitement. Of course, last year the team went to the round of sixteen. You're back in the tournament. Talk a little bit about what this, and I believe, let me, I want to make sure I get this right. This is the sixth consecutive year, or is it the seventh? It's the fifth. 
fifth. So see, I'm, 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 my well, you're a roll today, today, Brian. You, you have got, got no, 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 no number right today. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm getting no numbers, no streaks, or no numbers right. So that's why I was throwing it out there. I read it. Yes, this is the fifth consecutive year that Stillman has made it to the tournament. Talk for a second, Coach, about uh, uh, just that. You're, you're back in the show. You got to dance. You're, you're in the dance and what that means for, for this team and the program. No, it means everything, especially especially for us as as coaches and, and an institution, just to be able to win. Like I told a guy the other day, one of the hardest things there is to do in athletics is win a college basketball game. And uh, to, to be able to do that on a consistent basis is, is, is always good. It just makes you feel good about what you're doing, and, 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 and it just goes to show that the work you put into it is, is really paying off. Uh, now, Stillman is a seven seed taking on uh, Union uh, from out of Kentucky. Uh, that This game will be in uh, Crestview Hills, Kentucky. Uh, Thomas Moore, they are the two seed. They are the actual host school. And they're in the other quad taking on Grand View from out of Iowa. Um, I don't have the... The game start times. Do you know the start times yet? Uh, are you the first or second game on Friday, Coach? Yeah, we will we'll be the last game. Our game starts at seven thirty. Uh, I couldn't tell you anything else about that, but because <laughs> I'm I'm so focused on trying to trying to win that seven thirty game. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so a, as you've taken a look at Union and and you had a chance to do some scouting, tell us some things that, that you've seen from them, uh, things that you're going to emphasize or are emphasizing to your players so uh, already? Well, you know, one of the things that I've, you know, you're looking at a team and we were talking earlier about consistency. Uh, they finished 25 and 8 this year, won their conference uh, tournament for the ninth straight year in a row. So, you know, that that's really, to me, is, is unbelievable. And 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 Kevin Burton's been doing such a good job with that group, and 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 they've just been so successful over the last ten years, and and just it's an honor to be able to play, be in the same room with teams like that for us, and and we're excited, you know, they, those guys are long, they're athletic, they they shoot the ball very well, um, so we we, we really got our hands full, but we're excited about it. Go ahead, Drew. All right, Coach, you got yes, in as that large. Uh, obviously, there was about uh, five days there where you were on the fence. You thought you had, your resume was good enough to get mm-hmm. you in, but, you know, you, you had to wait for the official word uh, since you did since you were not one of those uh, two finalists in your conference tournament. So, number one, tell us about those, those five days of anxiety that you had. And then, number two, do you think the fact that this is time number five, do you think your legacy, your track record there at Steelman kind of, if there was any doubt, kind of bumped you over because, hey, this team's been in four years in a row and they've been successful in the tournament. Do you think that may have influenced the uh, selection committee? Well, yeah, anytime, anytime you've uh... – Put, put the type of resume we put together, it helps, uh, especially when, when you have Raiders across the country that, that's not familiar with, with your team and, and you don't get to play those guys. So really what you put on paper is all they got to look at. And, and I think over the last five years, we put a good resume together to where teams like that now can we're, – we're being recognized nationally as, as a team that is tournament worthy and, and, and being able to do those kind of things. And uh, like, you know, just being able to – 
put a good resume on paper really goes a long way, especially when it comes time to selecting teams for this tournament. And everybody knows that the Southern States Athletic Conference is probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest conference to play. You know, you had Loyola and Talladega and Faulkner and William Carey. Anytime you play teams like that every night, I mean, it's it, it makes it a tough conference. So I think that resume we did put together does. But when it comes to the anxiety of it, you know, you know me now, by now, many times we met, and I don't let too much really worry me. I just I always try to look for the best and everything. And and our guys, we just kept continue to work like normal, like like as if we did make it. So we would be prepared for making it, which which hopefully it'll pay off for us. Yeah. Now, as you uh, think back over your season, you think about your upcoming opponent on Friday. Which team that you have played on your schedule kind of mirrors like, okay, fellas, we did this against this team. This is how this team does it. Or maybe it's bits and pieces of offensively they're like this opponent, but defensively they're like this opponent. Which which opponents uh, – uh, quite near your uh, upcoming opponent on Friday. Well, they they mainly play man. Uh, you know they they they're they're a big team. You know, like a Dalton State is is what I I would I would kind of you know re, you know relate them to uh, the the physicality part. They they remind me of a Talladega kind of in your face kind of style basketball defense and and but but as a as you know if I could basically judge them by what we have seen before, it would be between a Talladega and a Dalton State, the way the, the, the team is made up of. Uh, you know, they play really fast. They, you know, they shoot the ball one through four. Uh, they got a six-nine power forward who can play with his back to the basket better than anybody ever seen. So, I mean, it's, I mean it's a, this is a really going to be a, a really tough matchup, but I, I like it. You know, this, this is what, you know, we built our team for is March and, and and I think that if we do what we're supposed to do, we could we could be very successful. Go ahead, Brian. Um, coach, in the modern era, and I I have to say the modern era because uh, I guess meaning the last twenty years or so, I guess this millennium, <laughs> um, nobody's had a run like you guys are on right now in among four year uh, schools in Alabama. Uh, that's pretty prestigious that among, you know, four-year universities like Auburn, Alabama, UAB, uh, Stillman's five-year run right now in postseason basketball is right up there. It's about like, again, last 20 years uh, uh, is it, one, of, one of the top ones. Talk a little bit about how that helps the program going forward and and obviously this is an experienced group but helps you in after this season when you get into the spring and get into that recruiting period no it it helps anytime you can be mentioned with names like the ones you just brought up it always helps you know and 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 you know just for us to be as successful as we've been it's just been to me it's just been surreal (laughs) because you know you know i took the hard way to to be getting into coaching, especially, you know, at a place like Stillman, you know, it took everything I had to get to where I'm at and, and just to be reaping the benefits of, of, of the hard work that we put in. It, it's just surreal at times for me. Uh, you know, you've always dreamed of being in a position to, to, to do what you do. And, 
you never you never really dreamed about being mentioned with the same names, you know, as, as the ones that's been doing it for a long time. You're just happy to be at the table sometimes. But but now we're getting to the point to where, you know, if we keep doing what we're doing, we could be sitting at the head of the table. And, and, and that's what we want Stillman to be is at the head of the table. This institution has so much historical uh background behind it that that i mean it needs to be everybody needs to know about it It, it's a wonderful place and like i like i tell everybody it's one of the most hidden gyms to go to school at in the state of alabama and 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 people need to to know that not just in the state of alabama but nationally and and one of our goals now is just to keep putting us on the map nationally so so we can be recognized all over And, and and that will open up doors for recruiting all over this country you know we do a good job in the southeast and, and, you know, all the way up to Tennessee. But now we can actually reach out even further, and, and, and that's going to help us tremendously down the road. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, coach, yeah. tra- travel plans. When you when you guys leaving out uh, to head to uh, Crestview, Crestview Hills, Kentucky, and obviously this, this is a business trip, but, you know, you you also have to take some time to do do some other things. So travel plans going into this basketball tournament. Yeah, well, we're going to leave late at night on Wednesday. Uh, you know, we'll practice three straight days, make sure we're ready. Um, we'll leave late Wednesday night after practice, hopefully wake up in Kentucky. Um, we'll rest them that day. We have shoot around that evening. Uh, we'll feed them. We've got to shoot around the next morning, and then we'll be – ready to ready to play so it's you know like i tell my, my wife she's like oh you're, you're lucky you get to travel to all these places but <laughs> we go to different places all the time but you know you said it best it's really a business trip when we get there it's really the gym hotel film room practice shoot around boom and the trip's over but but we're going to try to let the guys see a few things if we get some downtime and and just let them enjoy enjoy being somewhere different yeah, uh, t- tell your wife uh, you ride you ride those buses up and down the road a few times, especially at night. They are not comfortable at all. I don't care yeah. how good of a charter you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No, it, it never gets it never gets comfortable. But you know, like I tell the guys, you know, sometimes you know we have what we call the blue bus here at Stillman. We'll take it. Just I make sure we take it uh, once or twice a year just to keep us humble and to let us understand that you know, hey, we got it made. And this is, you know, we, we kind of we'll take the blue bus every once in a while, just kind of let them know that, you know, hey, we're not we're not too big, not to to, to ride the blue bus still. So just keep your minds right, and uh, so so they understand. But they yeah they 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 like to travel instead of the the blue bus. So we don't get too many complaints if we're on a, a charter. <laughs> so. I gotcha, I gotcha. Let, last one before I turn it over to Brian. Uh, mm-hmm. You made you made the run last year and got and was able to get to Kansas City. What out of that run from last year and those players from last year it, it has prepared you for not only for this season but your potential postseason run this season? Yeah, just uh, I think the familiarity of being in the tournament and playing at you know a qualifier like playing for the round, the first round just on a different site uh, that's kind of prepared them. They saw how it was at Faulkner, so so they'll be ready for that. It won't be a shock and awe when you walk in. Now they'll be. I mean, they kind of understand how it's going to go, uh, and and the big tournament just you know just being able to go to Kansas City, you know, the guys that got to do that, you know, which is pretty much everyone on our team this season, you know, is just being able to be familiar with it, not being overwhelmed. So I think just not being overwhelmed in the moment, 
it's really going it's really going to help them a little bit prepare a little bit better and and uh, you know I think that experience doing those kind of things really go a long way especially individually all right uh coach Teasley uh we appreciate your time again Stillman seven seed going up against uh 10 seed Union uh Union uh from Kentucky and that will be at, at Crestview Hills Kentucky uh Thomas Moore is the host school 7.30 p.m. Friday, March 11th. That's the tip. Uh, you can uh, you can follow NAIA.org to follow along with live stats. It's pay-per-view to watch. Uh, so, but uh, do we know the distance? How far from Stillman to Crestview Hills, Kentucky? Do we know the distance on that, Drew or Coach? No, I think it's a seven-hour drive. I don't know exactly mileage. Okay, yeah, seven and seven, eight hour drive. That's that's plenty of room for for the folks in uh in uh, Tuscaloosa and the surrounding area to get up there and enjoy <laughs> the weekend in the in the beautiful hills of Kentucky, the bluegrass state. Uh so uh get up there and go support the Stillman Tigers this weekend. They'll be playing too. I got a good feeling for you, coach. I have, I got a feeling you're gonna be playing too this upcoming weekend. So good luck and hey, safe hey, travels. Hey. Hey Brian, <coughs> Crestview Hills is not that far from in uh, Indianapolis, your hometown, and Louisville. So mm-hmm. uh, we need all the and Columbus, Ohio. So we need all of our HBCU alums in those three cities to uh, come on out and support Steelman. Yes, definitely, definitely right. love to have them. Well said, well said. So again, Coach Teasley, Stillman uh, College. Uh, good luck to you guys, the Tigers the seventh seed in the NAIA tournament. And, uh, Coach, we appreciate your time as always, and good luck and safe travels. Thank you. Good seeing both of you. Appreciate you, Coach. All right. All right. So uh, there's Stillman's coach, Coach Teasley, the seventh seed. Again, that quad, Crestview Hills, Kentucky. Now, Drew, something about geography that you just said here, which made no sense to me as I think about my growing up in the Midwest. Indy is two hours directly south. Uh, Louisville is two hours directly south of Indianapolis. I have no idea how, where Crestview, Crestview Hills, Kentucky, which direction that is. It is on. Let me go back to it because I just had it near Lexington, up. or is it uh, no. what? It, it Crestview Hills, Kentucky is. Wait a minute, I, I, I lost it. It is <laughs> actually it looks like it's not that far from Cincinnati now that I look at it on the map. Right. So it's probably somewhere not far, it's somewhere near the uh, near the right there uh, near the border. It's right, it's right on that uh, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio border is what it looks okay. like, right? Okay. Where all three of them come together in that little triangle. Okay. All right. Uh, well, it's still a nice area, like I said, uh, but it'll be a good weekend to go. So uh, that's Stillman's journey. And I don't know, Drew, you know, obviously Thomas Moore Actually, from Kentucky. I- it, it says Crestview Hills is located in greater Cincinnati, close to I-275, Interstate 71, and Interstate 75. Oh, so it's it's across the, it's it's across the river near Cincinnati, but it's a uh, – they probably, they the probably pick side. up a lot of the uh, yeah. They pick probably pick up a lot of the uh, Cincinnati programming and TV and 
and all that good good mumble jumbo stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I was trying to look and see where's Thomas in terms of Thomas Moore. You know, obviously, I think still you heard Coach kind of break it down in terms of Union and how long they've been in the tournament. Uh, that'll be actually a good matchup. You've got a Union squad that has been in the tournament before. They've got a they're a pedigree. Uh, program as well as Stillman. So this isn't a matchup between two teams that are just making their first appearance in the NAIA tournament. Uh, so, uh, and with, you know, Stillman getting the at-large speaks to the, how good the Southern States Athletic Conference is um, because I'm sure, you know, Union having won their conference, they're a conference champ. Uh, you you got to think many people probably up there we're thinking that uh, that they would get the the one seed. Um, it should be noted Thomas Moore uh, is the host school. Thomas Moore is ranked fifth in the nation and the final coaches top 25 just in front of Talladega. So, you know, Stillman comes out of that contest uh, having to play. Uh, they've got Union. And then they come out of that contest, and then they'll have to probably take on Thomas Moore. But again, I like the fact that Stillman is an, uh, a veteran, experienced squad, and the battle right. tested this year. When you think about the fact that they've they split with Talladega, even though they lost to Loyola three times, all three games were competitive to uh, to a top rated Loyola team. Right. Right. Um. Let me let me reset here and just kind of run through again some of the schools and the regions we mentioned. Talladega's the two seed. We've got Stillman the seven seed uh, in the Liston. Stillman is the seven seed in the Liston quadrant. Uh, did we ever put up that bracket of the men's? Uh, just shout out to our producer Roy if we can put out that men's bracket so, so we can give people an idea of what that bracket looks like. Of course, you can go to naia.org. Um, NAIA.org uh, and go to men's basketball or women's basketball to see those brackets. And they're in the in the uh, bottom right corner is that listing quadrant. You'll see. Uh, well, that that's the women's. That's the women's bracket. So my mistake. We'll see if we can get the men's bracket up here in just a second. Um, I will mention over on the, in the Kramer quadrant, we've got two men's programs, both in Lakeland, Florida. You've got Tougaloo as a 16 seed taking on Arizona Christian, the one seed. Um, Xavier is the nine seed taking on eight seed Southeastern University. And those games will be at Lakeland. Southeastern is the host. So an interesting 8-9 matchup between Xavier going up against the host team in Southeastern. And then you've got Tougaloo, who's the 16th seed taking on Arizona Christian, coming way out of, coming way out of left field uh, to, to play that. So, again, as you talked about, no geographic uh, advantage. And then yeah. the number 13 hey, seed, Florida. Hold on a second, Drew. I, 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 the thir- okay. Go the ahead. 13 seed is Florida Memorial in the Naismith Quadrant. Uh, they will take on Faulkner University. Faulkner 
of the Southern States. And speaking of the 13 seed going into the tournament, the head coach of the Sun Conference champions, Coach Answer Al-Amin, Florida Memorial men's basketball coach. Coach, how you doing? Congratulations on winning the Sun Conference and uh, your trip to the NAIA tournament. How does it? Uh, how's how's it feel? Is it still to still still feel good, or you have you moved on to what's ahead? I, I definitely still feel good, but um, we we've, we've moved on to a, a very daunting task that we have in in trying to knock off Faulkner, a perennial, you know, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eighteen. But we're excited. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys had uh, 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 coming in the Sun Conference tournament run. Uh, you were the five seed. Uh, you knocked off the one seed uh, Warner, I believe. Uh, that was in the semifinals, and then you had probably an epic uh, final, a uh, double overtime classic. Uh, for those who didn't see it, what are some of the the memories or images? That, uh, that 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 still kind of are in your mind when you think about a double overtime game, which obviously there's a play here or a play there. It can go any direction, but just what are some images and thoughts if you if you allow uh, our fans to kind of have a little background for those who may not have got a chance to see the game? I think the biggest thing I think about is, you know, coaches talk about what you should do in certain situations. So it was a situation we were they were up three. And we were coming down and they didn't want to give us an opportunity to make a three. So they fouled us. So they fouled us, sent us to the line and, and, and coaches all around the country, coaches are saying in those situations, you should foul. So he did foul us. He sent Corey Benton, our best free throw shooter to the line. So Corey, Corey looks over at me. I'll never forget. He looks over at me. He say, you, you want me to miss it? I said, yes, miss it towards Brent. And um, just then they subbed in their biggest player that they had on their team. And he went to Brent's side and I said, oh man, but Brent has had magic. You know, he had magic at Thomas University would have put back. So I said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's miss it towards Brent. He missed it. The kid didn't even, he didn't even attempt a box out. He just stepped into the lane, Brent get it, put it back in. And at that point I, I knew God was on our side. Do you coach that? I mean, I I've never I, I'm no good at trying to coach a kid to miss a free throw. How, I, just give me a little background, if you real quick. How do you coach that up? <laughs> I mean, Corey Benton, his his basketball IQ is so high. You know, like even today, Corey Corey called me today. He's at um, the Division Two Championship watching the game. Like he's a basketball. Holic, you know what I mean? Like this is what he does. Like he's extremely cerebral and he knows what's going on. You know, so he was probably the only person that I could have said that to. And then the, the other thing I said was don't run into the lane because earlier in the year he shot it and then he ran into the lane. So those were the two things that I said to him and uh and it was magical. Well said. Go ahead, Drew. First of all, uh, before I even ask you a question, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill wanted me to tell you hello. He remembers you. I believe you were at Texas Southern at one point in time. So uh, when he found out you were going to be on, he said, uh, he said, we ain't forgot about you over here in Texas. And congratulations, coach. Yes, sir. Thank you. Tell him I said the same thing. I would love to get his information so I could just reconnect with him. But uh, no, thank you. and, And thank him as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we can get that to you off air, coach. Uh, that's, yes, uh, we'll get that to you. Uh, but you, you go on to face, you're facing a Faulkner team. Now, you guys faced Faulkner earlier this year. You guys lost to Faulkner uh, when you guys played, I believe that was all the way back in November. Yes, it's yes, opened up bro. the season pretty much 75 64. Obviously, both of you all have two entirely different teams now compared to then but what from that first matchup do you think that you can take that you still see on film that that they're doing that you can take into this rematch well i think um you know at that time when we played him the the kid cj hines he was just a freshman you know no one knew that he was this great player that he's turned himself into now so now you know you you never really expect a freshman to come out and and play as well as he did. But now we know that C.J. Hines is a real player. We know that C.J. Hines is the is the engine that makes that team go. So we're definitely going to be focused in on him. We're going to be locked in on him. So I'm extremely excited about this matchup. But the other thing about it is two of my players, you know, played probably the worst games that they had all year. I had Eric Hester go one for ten, and Anthony King go one for nine, you know, so that's two for 19 from two guys that I, I, two key contributors on our team. So I'm like, there's no way possible. We're going to, they're going to play that bad again. So I'm extremely excited about this matchup, but it's difficult because you're playing a team that that's 12 and one at home this year, you know, so they don't lose at home. So in order to, in order to pull us off, you're going to have to find We're going to have to find a way to slay the dragon. And, uh, and I'm extremely excited for the opportunity. Yeah, uh, Faulkner comes in, the number 15 team in the country, and uh, this is third consecutive time to the tournament and 13th time overall, and they compete in that uh, very competitive Southern States uh, Mm -hmm. Athletic Conference. But last week we talked about it. You will put that Sun Conference up against the Southern States Conference. So – Thinking about thinking about to the Sun Conference, what team that you face in the Sun Conference most rivals Faulkner? If it's a combination of two teams, you know this team offensively and this team defensively or whatever. But which teams in the Sun Conference rival Faulkner? I would say um, probably Warner. You know, I, I would say Warner because Warner is a really guard heavy team. And they, they apply a lot of pressure to you defensively. So I would definitely I would definitely say Warner. You know, Warner's a uh, a team that I actually thought should have been ranked higher, uh, got a higher seed than a 14 seed. But, you know, I, I, it's funny. I actually talked to Sean today and I told him, I said, you know, we're going to go in this tournament and we need to we need to make people understand that the Sun Conference is here and, and we're not just showing up and, and just excited that we got into the tournament. We're really going to make a run to see what we can do. Go ahead, Brian. It's funny you said that because I, I was looking at, obviously, you guys are going up to uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and they and they sent them all the way out to California. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like, where's the, where's the, where's the, where's the love and respect? So yeah, you, and, and they're mm-hmm. a 14 seed, you're a 13 seed. And, and like you said, yeah, you, you guys are going to have to let people know, you know, the Sun Conference. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be uh, paying close attention. I, I might just advance both teams on my bracket. When I fill my bracket out, I already had you guys going into the next round. I may have to move them over as well. I didn't know they had moved them out of California. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, so sir. I, I know, no, I was gonna say I know Coach yeah. Sean over there, so I know they do a good job over there. So uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be good. And it's it's crazy just because you know you bring up you 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 bring up different things, and I, I you know being a historian of of the game, you know what I mean. And then once I once I took over at Florida Memorial, just just learning more about HBCUs inside of the NAI, and the last HBCU to win a national championship was Texas Southern in 1977. You know, so it's like, you know, it's it's time that, you know, we got Talladega that's going to be fighting. It's time that we earn a little respect, you know, as HBCUs inside of the NAI, you know, and and I I I tell everybody, I want to I want to I want to do things that John John B McClendon did. You know, he was able to do it, you know, back in the 50s and it's like, "Hey man, let's 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 figure this out." And that's what that's the only thing that I've been telling my team is, you know, we're one, we're good enough, you know, as individual players, we're good enough. And two, we're going to put together a, a scheme that's, that's going to be there. And all we got to do is, is pay attention to the details and then go out and have fun and just play. Like I tell them all the stress and all the pressures off, you know, the pressures on them because they're supposed to beat us, you know, but when we go down there and we're fighting, we have nothing to lose and let's play like a team that has nothing to lose. Let's play with a sense of urgency. Let's play with a desire. Let's play with a passion. And, and no one on my team wants the season to end. You know, we have eight guys that will not be returning here next year because they're seniors and they're graduating. So these eight guys, they're like, hey, man, let's go out and let's play six more games. We play six more games, win the national championship, you know, and and then I'll have an opportunity to do what I came here to do. And that's also another thing for you folks out there filling out brackets, watching teams with seniors. Circle that. Teams with seniors, you watch out for those kind of teams like what Florida Memorial has, a team that's gone through some adversity, had to overcome some hurdles to win their conference, a senior-laden squad traveling up to Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, when do you guys, when are the travel plans? When do you guys uh, leave out? Are you, are you, hopefully you guys are flying, or what's the what's the travel plans? We're driving, and um, and we're leaving actually on Wednesday, and I'm actually happy. And, and I know it probably sounds crazy, but that drive is one that, a, it allows you to get some rest. It's a 10-hour ride, so you're you're on the bus, you get to sleep, you get to unwind, you get to relax, and we get an opportunity to fellowship with each other some more, you know, and you just talk about all year. Like, I enjoy listening to the guys in the back of the bus talking and laughing and joking and just having a good time, fellowshipping with each other where, you know, you take a flight, you know, it's a little different, but you know, we definitely gonna have to take a flight to Kansas City. But uh, for these two games, you know, I'm 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 excited for the opportunity to ride this bus. I like that's how you good, say you definitely go have to take a flight to Kansas City. I like how he said it, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and I love yeah. I love the fact that the perspective that you just gave there is real important. You know, the fact that that bus ride brings guys closer together. I mean, you know, we 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 sometimes focus in on maybe the negative of the long trip, but in the long trip, like you said, there's a lot of fellowship camaraderie that goes on. And with a guy, mm-hmm. and this is an experience trip, it's a business trip, but it's an experience, right? And mm-hmm. that's what I, I hear that from you. Um, and, and so that, that's awesome uh, that, that you've got a, a chance to, to do that. Um, any, any final thoughts that you want to share with us coach or any kind of, you, you talked a little bit about, some of the messaging that you talk to your guys about, but anything you want to send out 
the Florida Memorial fans out there or, or any folks that are that are uh, supportive of the program in the Alabama region, uh, you know, anything you want to shout out to them? Definitely. Um, I, I definitely hope anybody in the region, you know, would, would come on out and support us. You know, we're going to be in, in their home um, for a, a, a tournament game. So they're going to have all the fans and it's, it's, it's beautiful because we played them, we played them earlier in the year and, and it was uh, some guys on the front row and they were doing a lot of talking back and forth. And I was talking with them, just playing with them and, you know, and we were having fun and, and, and I want everybody to know, man, like this team, this team is coming, as you said, it's a business trip, but this team is not coming to lay down. This team is coming to have fun and they're coming to make a run. And and you're going to have to everybody standing in our way. You're going to have to beat us. You know, it's not a situation where you come in and you say, boo, when we roll over. That's not the case. If you look at our games all year long, we had a lot of very close games that we may have lost because of this or because of that. But all of those things we learned from them. You know, every loss has been a lesson for us and everything we we took the information and we processed it, which got us to where we are today. So I'm extremely excited. I love this group of guys. And it was funny. I'll say this real quick before I go. Um, Probably about a month ago, I was I was just talking to my team and um, and one of the guys texted me after the after practice. And he said, because I usually talk to him in a circle. So he texts me after practice. He said, Coach, are you all right? I said, yeah, why Why you say that? He said, because it was it was kind of emotional. You know what I mean? Like, not from a tear standpoint, but from a, uh, like, I'm letting them guys know that, man, I love you guys. You know what I mean? Like, as a coach, you get you get teams and you're like, man, I, I can't wait for this to be over. Like, I don't like these. I don't <laughs> like these. You know what I mean? And And this has been the complete opposite. It's like, like, like I wish that this didn't have to end. And it's like, you know, this group is so fun. They enjoy each other. We have so much fun together. We have so many laughs. And it's like, you know, I, I wanted them to know that I appreciated them. And and now it's only twofold because, you know, they've helped me achieve something that I wanted to achieve. And I've helped them achieve things that they wanted to achieve as far as personal growth. So, you know, when, when I look at it, I just said, man, this is, this has been amazing. And um, and to get us off this journey, you're going to have to beat us because no one wants this to end. Yeah. Montgomery, first of all, make sure you holler at Tito Burgos uh, before you get to Montgomery, because, you know, he was there last year in the Black College World Series for about for about four or five days. So he can take everything that you need to know, every place you need to go in Montgomery. Plus, those are my okay. old stopping grounds. You got to make sure you uh, check out some of the black history stuff down there because, you know, yes. Montgomery is the cradle of uh, black history and the civil rights movement. And there's plenty of it. You can't you you won't be able to do it all on this trip because you got something important to handle. But at least get one thing in. So I'm challenging yes. Montgomery, Birmingham, Tuskegee, Union Springs and Selma and Columbus, Georgia, to come on over to Montgomery and support our HBCU over there. I'm challenging all those surrounding uh, communities to come out and support our HBCU, especially against Faulkner. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you know, Do you know, Coach, if you are the – it's not listed on the NAIA site. Do you know if you're playing the first or second game on Friday? We're the second game. 
Okay, so that's the seven thirty Eastern, or I guess it's the how do you do it? Six thirty Central. Seven Central. Seven Central. Okay, they, seven, they seven o'clock. They yeah, they said the games were five and seven, so it'll be um, seven Central. Okay, so again, to let everybody know, uh, Friday uh, FMU against Faulkner. That's the seven p.m. Central. That's eight p.m. for those of you on the Eastern. Miami, Florida time zone, of course. You guys, uh, that's 8 p.m. NAIA.org is where you can follow along live stats. It's pay-per-view if you want to watch. You know, go ahead and spend some money to support. You can watch and follow along as well. And so, uh, Coach, we wish you all the best of luck, safe travels, and enjoy the experience, handle business, and we look forward to to, to sharing the journey with you guys and – have fun. Sounds like uh, you guys are going to handle some business, but have fun and enjoy the experience as well. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank We're going to take coach. a break. We're going to take a break, come back, see if we've got any more coaches. We're still looking for Coach Alfred Williams and Coach Charles Billups of Tougaloo. Alfred Williams, of course, of Xavier. And uh, we'll talk about uh, those two schools in the NAIA when we come back after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was. HBCU Sports. Of Dr. DeVille's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. And joining us is the head coach of Tougaloo Bulldogs, the GCAC Conference champions, earning the automatic bid into the NAIA, Coach Charles Billups. Coach, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm fine. I'm doing good. But uh, I don't know who gave y'all that first name. That first name is Thomas Billups. 
instead of tall. That's, uh, I, I apologize for that, Coach Billups. That's uh, okay. That's fine. You, I've been you, called everything. Well, <laughs> right now we gonna call you champion. We gonna call you champion right now, Coach. Okay. All right. I, we, we we have to get on the interns about that, Coach. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, first That's off, good. again, c- congratulations, uh, Coach, on uh, winning the uh, GCAC. Uh, talk first. Start. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, winning winning that conference championship. Uh, uh, you know, when when we we were there, obviously a few years and and covering um, the the GCAC. And, you know, there's, those are knockdown dragouts in those previous years prior to some schools leaving. So uh, with everything going on, you know, schools leaving, and, and here you had opportunity to, to, uh, to win the championship. Talk a little bit about uh, uh, what your team went through this year and just the, the, the conference as a whole. Okay. Uh you know, our conference, you know, like you said, a couple of people dropped out, but, it, hey, I know they're taking us kind of light, but we we are tough. We are tough conference. Uh, I mean, our kids play hard. We Every night we play, they play hard. Not only my kids, but uh, the other kids in the, in the conference. And, you know, we've been working hard. All, the, you know, we played a lot of games to get here. And, uh, the last two games, my team pray, played probably almost perfect the last two games. So, you know, I want to commend them on that. And, uh, but one thing is that we won our conference, but we came in at number 16. And I know some teams that didn't win their conference, they came in number three, number six, and number eight. But it's okay. Uh, you know, we, we just got to go play. That's the bottom line. Do you think that's a a product of the conference RPI, maybe more and less to do with your your season and your schedule? What, what do you think might be a, a product of that? I mean, you had a 21-8 and eight season. That, that's a good record, great record. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, we saw – uh, the GCAC sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say penalized, but yeah, it does seem like the seating is a little bit off this year. Do you think that? Well, we, we played two D1 school and beat them. I mean, I mean, two D2 school and we beat them. And we, you know, we played Mississippi Valley and we played them down to the wire, but you know, I think they beat us by three or four, but we played them well. Do, do you think uh, not having uh, Xavier and Talladega in your conference this year may have hurt uh, may have hurt some of those uh, games? I know you get, I know you played some tough non-conference games, but just the fact that they were not conference opponents may have right. you know weakened the strength of uh, schedule in the conference. Yeah, I you know I I, I kind of looked at that and I said, well, you know maybe they kind of said that our conference was a, a little weak, you know, like you said, without Xavier and and Talladega. But, you know, I think right now we're just playing just as good as Xavier and, and uh, Talladega right now. 
And you played uh, Xavier twice, if I do remember uh, correctly, this season. No, we played him once. The second time. No, I played him once. Uh, yeah, we played him one time, and that was our – we had played four games in that week. That was the fourth game that we played in that week. Woo. And uh, Wow. I thought my guys was a little tired, but, you know, we ain't got no excuses. We, you know, we just lost to them. But that next time they couldn't come because something happened and they couldn't come. Gotcha, guys. So you were scheduled to play twice, but you only got one in. Yeah, we were scheduled to play. We went down there and played them at their home place, and they never did get a chance to come up to my place. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I noticed your your upcoming opponent, Arizona Christian. They didn't do them any favors either. Uh, you know, even though they're uh, they're the one seed in this quadrant. Uh, I think they're ranked fourth in the nation, but they're from Arizona and they're coming all the way out to, to Lakeland, Florida. So they've actually have a longer trip to the site uh, than, than you guys will. Um, when you look at them on film and what you've seen from them so far, what are some things that you uh, are already making your team aware of or, or that you are, uh, you have to you have to defend against in order to be successful and and and, and you know be the 16 seed that takes out the one. Well, you know we we uh, we know they big and we not that big, but hey, we we just got to play up tempo ball like we always do. You know we just gotta every time we get it we gotta run the fast break, uh, and we gotta pick them up from the time they. Throw the ball in. We got to play full court, man. Uh, we got to use all of my press that that we go through. And hey, we hey, no excuses. We just got to be ready for them to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Go ahead, Drew. I was gonna say Arizona Christian comes in uh, with their fourth straight NAIA tournament appearance. Their eighth overall. Uh, their four and six in their in their tournament history. So coach of all the teams that you have played thus far this year, Arizona Christian reminds you of whom? Uh, it kind of, uh, remind us of, uh, a little bit of Xavier, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, they, they play strong. They, 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 they go inside with it sometime and their big kids can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, now uh, I, I don't want you to to put the cart before the horse, but when you when you win this game on Friday, and I'm going to wish it into existence, I'm going to say when you win this, there's a potential GCAC uh, uh, reunion party with Xavier uh, when they take care of business. So you may get that second game against Xavier. So. Yeah, what would that mean to it. have the two you HBCUs know. take over Lakeland, Florida? Hey, I would love it. Hey, uh, hey, uh, that's what we going down there for the win. Uh, hey, I, when my team hit the floor, I always go to win, not to keep from losing. Mm-hmm. Um, coach, the the, the mess. Well, before I before I talk about this, the messaging that you're giving your team. Talk about some of the some of the standouts for anyone who may not have seen Tougaloo or, or had a chance to watch. I mean, obviously, we're very familiar with the style of play, 
but individually, I feel like you're constantly reloading. So when a, when a young man leaves, you got another guy that's coming in that, that, you know, you almost plug into, and he looks like a guy who you just had a year or two ago. So let people know some of the young men on this year's team that have really uh, stood out for you. Well, we got uh, a kid uh, from Ohio. He's my point guard. His uh, Cam Copeland have been playing real good for us. I, I, he's been one of the – he made player of the week three times, and some of my other players is named Cam Woodall. He's about 6'5", real strong, left-handed kid that uh, can really play. Uh and then we got one of my seniors, the only seniors on my team. Uh, he just know, he just keep everybody uh, on what we're running and how we're running it. Uh, he's a real smart guy. He know everything we running, and he put everybody in their spot where they should be. Uh, and then we got a, another little guard named Antoine Bean that been playing real good for us. So, uh, we got a kid that's 6'8", that Taco, we call him Taco. Uh, his name is, uh, uh, I call him Taco so much, I almost don't forgot his name. But, uh, <laughs> we get players uh, like that, Coach. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and when he first got there, let me tell you a little bit about him. When he first got there, uh, you know, tacos, you can get a hard taco and you get a soft taco. So I told him he he's a soft taco when he first got there. <laughs> so after after he, he after we played so many games, and I called him to the side, I said, hey, "Taco, come here." I said, "You finally got hard, man." He just laughs. He just he thought that was so funny. So so he's a good kid. So that's what we depending on going inside with him. He's about six eight that that get a lot of rebounds and. Uh, he played tough. Uh, you're talking about Daryl Jones, coach. Daryl Jones. All right, Ta- Taco. I, I, I feel like that's a. I feel like that's an in. I feel like that's an in program one where I, I, I don't. I, if I saw him, I don't. I don't feel like I'd have a, enough. I don't feel like I'd be too comfortable saying, "How you doing, Taco?" You know, he. You know, that'd be yes, like inside. Yeah, you're right. Cause everybody. Ca- Everybody call him Taco, and you go as soon as you see him, you're gonna pick him out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, uh, nice. Coach, over over the over the eight years that you've been at uh Tougaloo, uh and, and this uh and I, I'm not mistaken, this isn't the is this the is this the second NAIA or the third? I don't think this this isn't your well, first trip to the NAIA, is it? No, this is my third trip to the NAIA, and we won it. Right. We won our conference championship. This make the second time we won it, and we was also co-champ this year. Right. Okay. Right. So, so in terms of the preparation and the mentality that you're giving your team, share a little bit of that. As you know, like I said, regardless of what you think your seating is we understand the way they seated you what's the mindset what are you telling your guys as you get ready for this contest on uh friday night well you know my kids i you know really i don't have to tell them anything but because they know the way i coach and the way i practice 
uh, nobody, uh, no coach in my conference will work harder than I will. Uh, it's the same way it was when I was in high school. No coach in Mississippi will work harder than me. And they know that I always tell them that, hey, we're working too hard to not to go down there and win. And uh, and if you just, if you was in one of my practices, you'll tell, you'll tell everybody, hey, that man is old school. And that's where I am. I'm old school. We uh we, we're gonna have we're gonna have to bring the uh the cameras down and we're gonna have to bring some some camps up to uh to Tougaloo so we can so we can get a so we can send some of these young high school kids and get a, let them get a taste of uh of the way Coach Billups does it there at Tougaloo uh because as I said watching your teams play it's exhausting especially trying to call a game I remember trying to call a few games and uh, you, you you got 10, 12 guys coming in. And I'm just, you know, just trying to keep up is a challenge. So uh, you, you make the broadcasters work, Coach. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, that's that's what that's the way we practice, and that's the way we play. We send five in at a time, sometimes four or three. Hey, uh, we never cut down the pace. We always full speed, always. There you go. Drew, yeah, go yeah, ahead yeah. and uh, final up with Coach. Uh, coach, uh travel plans you're flying you're bussing uh uh-huh. when, when we, can we expect you in the lakeland area oh okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride a bus we and that way we've been riding buses all year and it's you know it's i think it's better than riding bus we can get out and stretch when we want to we can stop and use the bathroom when we want to and you know uh, let the kid look at. They can also get the uh, computer out and look at the team that we plan. Look at their films and stuff. So it, I think it's better with us for us when we travel on the bus. All right, mm-hmm. all right. So uh, we're gonna issue the challenge to all HBCU alum. Look, the best ticket you can buy for NAIA basketball if you're an HBCU fan is in Lakeland, Florida. So. Yes. So Tampa, Bradenton, Orlando, Kissimmee, all the way up to Gainesville. Uh, we need y'all to come down to uh, come down to Lakeland, Florida, Clearwater, Dunedin, St. Pete. Go, go ahead over to uh, Lakeland and support not one, not two, not three, but four HBCUs playing in Lakeland, Florida. What what no, where do you call it? Because we don't want we don't want we don't want you to show your allegiance unless you're an alum. Then you show your allegiance. But where's up neutral so you can so they know you supporting all four of them? Okay, we will we'll do that. We will. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, uh, Coach Thomas Billups, Tougaloo GCAC champions. Uh, they'll be taking on Arizona Christian. That will be Friday. And I I thought I just had it pulled up. I'm trying to see which which time frame coach do you know which Okay, so it's a night game. Seven o'clock Eastern time or six o'clock central time in the if for those of you in the Mississippi uh area that want to watch, you can go to NAIA.org and you can follow along with live stats of the games or you can uh pay-per-view and you can watch from the furnace on Southeastern University's campus, uh, Lakeland, Florida. Again, uh, four games, all featuring HBCUs. Two men's games, two women's games, 
Uh, it should be a great Friday uh, for HBCU basketball in Lakeland, Florida at the uh, men and women's level. So, Coach Billups, we appreciate you taking time to talk with us tonight. Good luck. Safe travels. And uh, we, we look forward to I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go ahead and scratch that upset. The 16 over to one. I got two 16s knocking off some one seeds. You're one of my two. So uh, good luck to you, coach. OK, I thank you. And I appreciate y'all having me on. And anytime you want to uh, interview me or talk with me, just hey, give me a call and let me know. We got you. Covered, yes, sir. Coach. Yes, sir. We appreciate you again. Thank you, Coach Thomas Billups, for joining us from Tougaloo College for joining us uh, this evening. And, of course, uh, Tougaloo, the 16th seed, GCAC uh, Conference Champions. Uh, and, again, just want to reset for everybody what Lakeland looks like on the men's side. you got 16th seed Tougaloo taking on Arizona Christian. And, and I'm serious, Drew. Think about that. Arizona Christian is the one seed traveling all the way to Lakeland. So if you think that, uh, what, Tougaloo has a 10-hour, 8-hour bus ride? No, Arizona's got to get on a flight and travel east. So, How many times have we seen in the big boy tournament where you get a team out the ACC having to travel to Seattle, Washington for a first-round game? Well, you know, that's the interesting thing. See, this is where teams are bidding to be – uh, you know, and for whatever reason, I guess Arizona Christian couldn't bid or didn't want to bid, but there's nobody and there was no one in the, in there's a, yeah, there, there's only one team and that's California. And that's a three seed, uh, William Jessup, who made a bid, but all the other teams are, I mean, you've got one team in Texas. So really two sites, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, most of the sites drew. Everybody's all, east of the Mississippi. <laughs> or east of uh, the Great, what is it, the Great Plains in the middle of the country, Nebraska, Iowa, they're yes. east of that. So yes. if you're an if you're an Arizona or a California school, you're kind of you're kind of like man. Um, but anyway, over on the women's side in Lakeland, uh, that's uh, 16 seed Xavier going up against one seed Southeastern, and Rust nine seed taking on Cumberland. So four games all in Lakeland at Southeastern University featuring four HBCUs. And so uh, that's how that's hey Brian, set up. Uh, yeah. I, 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 and I might be wrong for asking this question, but I've got to ask this, uh, especially with us having uh, Coach Billups on and giving his resume at Tougaloo and the fact that two SWAC schools now have men's basketball coach head Stop open presum- presum- presumptively. Uh, all Don't I'm going to me. say – don't do that. Don't do it. He needs to be on the short list. If there if there is such a thing, if he's interested. Don't do it. True. You your your sense of timing is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, beautifully, uh beautifully said, Drew. Uh all right. Well, uh, we're about to put a put a pin on it. Um now, what do we have upcoming for the rest of the week? Uh, yeah, oh, uh, let's go through the men. Let's just go through all of them from uh, from the beginning to the end, from all of the divisions. So we'll start from the top. Our uh, top five. Okay, Division One men's. Now this is not the final uh, regular season Division One men's because <clears throat> excuse me because we know this week 
you have SWAC and MEAC tournaments taking place. But right now, heading into the final week, Norfolk State sits in front. Texas Southern is number two. Uh, Alcorn, uh, let, let me rephrase. Norfolk State, the uh, MEAC regular season champions. Uh, Texas Southern, the two seed in the SWAC tournament. Alcorn, <clears throat> excuse me, Alcorn is those, the... Those numbers are in first, but Alcorn is number three. But it's, it says yeah, four. What, but what they, number? You see, it says oh, one, two, oh. four, three. Yeah, yeah. In turn, forgot to put the numbers in order. <clears throat> uh, the three seed, number three team is Alcorn State. They are the SWAC regular season outright champs. Uh, number four is Southern, despite what you see there for three. They are actually four. Uh, Southern University is four. They are the three seed in the SWAC tournament. And Howard University comes in number five. I haven't – I don't – Don't you're going to quiz me. I don't know where Howard's seed is in the MEAC tournament. The number two, I believe they're the number two. Okay. Uh, also in the hunt – North Carolina Central and uh, Florida A and M. Yes, they are the number two. Okay, so what you have is you have uh, two conference champions, the uh, two seeds for the MEAC and the SWAC, and then you have a three seed. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. I we're going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be talking about not only this SWAC basketball tournament. I got. I just, you know, I was in a, I was in a mood, Drew, and I got so many juicy nuggets to talk about for the SWAC. So coming up, I think on tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, you, me, Charles Bishop, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, we're going to spend an hour breaking down the SWAC basketball tournament, um, some all SWAC suggestions. Now, I don't know when the all SWAC is officially going to come out. I don't know when the conference player of the year is going to come out. So some of the information may be late, but we're going to give it to you anyway. Uh, We got men and women's, or I'm going to call the Jackson state invitational will be on the other side. So let's talk about that division one women's top five, which uh, there you see Jackson state perfect 18 and O they have won 31 consecutive regular season SWAT games, 34 consecutive SWAT games. That includes the UConn. tournament. UConnish. UConnish. UConnish run. Three consecutive regular season championships. Um, yeah, so Jackson State, that's them. And uh the the, the Jackson State invitational will take place in Bartow. Now I will say this, Drew, here, um, before I read the rest of the top five. If there was ever a time that the that the SWAC should have gone to a a uh, a double a double buy opportunity for Jackson State, it should have been this this uh it should have been this year. Because can you imagine if and I will explain to you, I don't think Jackson State has an easy road to the championship game. They don't have an easy road. Uh, because the the few teams that they have been that have been competitive with them, they will potentially see. So I feel like back in February, 
the swag should have brought out the old uh, double. They should have done what you see happening in the OVC, the Western Con- West Coast Coast Conference, where you got a double buy for your one and two seed. That way you, you increase the odds of them making the championship game. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. Uh, number two is Howard. Uh, Howard. Uh, now, what's interesting is Howard did not win the 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 Miak. Uh, we are actually missing the Miak champs in this nope. top five. No, no, they want they. I'm looking at it now. Howard was the top seed based on the tiebreaker. Oh, so they had co-champs. They had co-champs. You, it, it's the Miak, Brian. What do you expect? <laughs> Thank you, Miak. Okay. Thank you. And, and, so Howard and, is and, a, and, and, and let me read. I will read it verbatim, word for word. Read the top uh, five. Read read the uh, the seating. Hold on. Let me get okay. the top five here, and then you can All go right. through the seating uh, for the Miak tournament. So you got Howard at two, Morgan State at three, Coppin State at four. Alabama A&M, which is now the two seed in the SWAT, they've won seven games in a row. They actually come in at number five. And Norfolk State, who was one of the co-regular season champs, is in the hunt. So what does that MEAC tournament look like? Okay. The MEAC, uh, this is from uh, the MEAC, Sports.com. The Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference has released its women's pairings for the 2022 BAC tournament, March 9 through 12, at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. BAC school, three BAC schools can claim can claim the regular season championship, but the Bison of Howard will be the top seed. Doesn't that sound like a BAC statement, Brian? <laughs> anyway, getting back to the uh, quote: "Quote Howard, Norfolk, and Morgan each win 11 and three." in route to being the MEAC co-champions of the regular season, and all three programs split the meetings with each other. The Bison emerged via tiebreaker thanks to a season sweep of Coppin State, giving them a top seed for the second straight seed. Norfolk State and Morgan State were one-to-one head-to-head and had identical records against every other MEAC program. The Spartans won that tiebreaker via scoring margin against common opponents to take the number two seed. Morgan yeah, State just... will be the number three. Copper State will be the number four. Maryland to Shore, uh, five. South Carolina six. South Carolina State six. North Carolina Central seven. And Delaware State rounding out the number eight see and then the rest of the that, article goes into the times and the pairing so there there is your classic definition of miakish when when uh, when when all things are equal and you get down to the seventh tiebreaker <laughs> <laughs> holy cow and that, that's why i coined the phrase we 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 yes. need to start a Wikipedia page about Miakish stuff. Oh my gosh, we would have so much fun. I, I don't know if the conference would like it, but I would have a. We would there have been so many years across the various sports where you had multiple tie. You've had seven champ. No, not seven, but you've had three to four five. champions. What was the five in football five. one year? Yes, five in football and, and, one year. Yeah. 
and 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 uh shout out to you and dr kavir y'all y'all have even started using my phrase as, as y'all did on thursday show i look because it, you you coined it it's so beautifully said and it just really is that no other conference has has had what what uh what famu has uh or, or what the BIAC is the BIAC. Consistently. Consistently. consistently yes 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 all right let's go over to division two men and women no 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 division two today uh division oh, two no will division not come out today. until tomorrow after the tournament uh pairings are announced on the men's and the women's side you can catch the men's bracket being released at ncaa.com tonight at 10 o'clock eastern and and then the Excuse me, I got that backwards though. Women are at 10 o'clock Eastern and the men are at 10.30 Eastern time tonight on NCAA.com. So the They must have Division a lot of teams from the West Coast in that. Yeah. I don't understand the why Division they're doing that. Yeah, that's, it's got to be. be. So Ridiculous. because of that, uh, we're going to hold the, the Division two until, to mon- until Monday. And we still have to do the NAIA men, uh, Mr. Producer. Yeah, let's put that. Okay, so the NAIA men, here's the final regular season rankings. Talladega comes in at one. Uh, Paul Quinn finished their season 23-2, and 12-2 in the Red River. Of course, ineligible uh, for postseason play. But uh, with the young squad, it'll be very interesting to see what the future is like. Uh, Xavier advanced, of course, at large bid, 22-5 regular season. Stillman comes in at number four, 19 and eight in the Southern States. They're in the tournament. And GCAC champs, Tougaloo, 21 and eight, comes in at number five. Uh, Sun Conference champs, Florida Memorial, come in in the hunt right there. So, well, I won't ask the question because I don't know if one loss would be enough for for Talladega to lose. Their spot, Drew. What a, Tyler Dake would have to lose in the first round, and one of these teams, three through five, would have to get on a run deep into Kansas City in order to catch Tyler Dake. Probably get to the more than around the sixteen, probably to the quarterfinals. I'm guessing, quarter, right? Of course, quarter, yeah, to to the quarter, if not the semis. And Florida Memorial is a. Uh, in the hunt because they they are alive. They because they're in the tournament, they're the only team outside of the top five who is who is still playing. So you have to include them in the hunt. And they are not that far. They're not so far behind where they cannot jump into that top five. Uh although it would be a daunting task for them to get to number one from their spot. It is mathematically possible. All right. Well, um, appreciate that, uh, producer, producer Roy. Um, we already went through the women earlier, so we don't have to show that again. Um, final thoughts, Drew, again, tomorrow, our SWAC tournament show, we will, we'll, we got a division two show, possibly a MEAC tournament show, still working to see if we can put it together. But uh, definitely the show that I mentioned with uh, Charles Bishop, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, you and I, that will definitely end the work. That's SWAC, men and women's what tournament. Time, what time is that you. for our fans? Uh, 4.30 or 5 o'clock. Sounds like 4.30 is what we were planning. 
4.30 Eastern. 4.30 Eastern. So we'll put it out. Obviously, you can go back and, and watch and listen, but we're planning to go live D- 4.30. D2 show? Uh, good question. D2 show. Uh, I don't know. You will, we'll talk about that. We'll have to post that out. It'd be, it'd be in the evening. So I would imagine maybe seven, seven o'clock Eastern. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. We're still, we're still working on that one. That one's let, that one's more fluid than the other one. So we'll, we'll see. Right. So, uh, the, the conference tournaments for the MIAC and SWAC begin middle of the week. Uh, NAIA start up on Friday night, and so we've got plenty of uh, plenty of stuff. Always stuff to talk about during the middle of the week uh, between the baseball and the softball and all the other good stuff happening. Uh, Want to remind you to uh, follow along with us, but uh, follow along with your local HBCU. Uh, you can find all of their Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds on our website, mybcsn.net. Of course, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1. Download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app, if you would, on your Google or Apple Play Store. Just search MyJBN or MyBCSN. That's where you can find us. And if you are not a subscriber to the BCSN Pod Zone, what are you doing? Go, you know you listen to podcasts. Go download and go be a part of the BCSN Pod Zone. You can even support you can even drop a bucket, drop a drop a quarter, drop a dime, drop a dollar. You can be a supporter of the podcast, whether you listen to it on Spotify or Anchor. Uh, there are links that you can go to to be a supporter, and uh, we we appreciate every every penny that you donate. Uh, that's going to do it, Drew. Any did I miss your final thoughts? Anything you want to add before we close up shop? Uh, just during this time of the year. If, if you're anywhere near where one of these tournaments are being played, even if it's not your HBCU, just 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 go out and support. If you're an HBCU alum or HBCU supporter, go out to, to the game. If you can't make it to the game, watch it on online, whatever the streaming platform is, so that we can get our numbers up. That's the only way that we get more money to our HBCUs. We've got to get our numbers up, either in person or on the various streaming platforms. So, uh, yeah, that that's going to do it. Uh, that that's going to do it for me. And oh, last right. day, shout, shout out to Talladega and the NAIA for not doing what the Alabama High School Athletic Association did with the with Oak Oakwood. Uh, Aventus by let it, by moving that game to uh, respect the religious preferences of the team that's playing in Talladega. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, Talladega got it right. Alabama High School Athletic Association, you got it wrong. Shame on you. Uh, I want to thank our coaches who joined us again. Coach Thomas Billups of Tougaloo. Uh, apologies on the name thing earlier. Uh, we appreciate him. Uh, Coach Ansar Alamine of Florida Memorial, Coach John Teasley of Stillman, and Coach Eric Jackson of Rust for joining us. We appreciate those coaches. Uh, sorry that uh, we couldn't get the other coaches. Must have been some some yeah, some things going on. But uh, we 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 we've talked to them before, and we know that we'll get a chance to talk to them again. We wish all of our teams, our schools, our HBCUs the best of luck. 
safe travels when you see them on the road. Blow your horn. Let them know you support them. Uh, let all these coaches know you thank them for taking time to come on the show and talk with us and share a little about uh, their story as they get ready for the NAIA basketball tournament. So uh, that's going to do it for producer Roy and my partner, A.D. Drew. I'm Brian Fulford. We'll see you tomorrow night as we uh, get ready to talk about Division II and the SWAC basketball tournament uh, right here on the Black College Sports Network. We are out of here. Be safe, everybody. Well, holla. But you stay on hard.